Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a Tuesday morning at Wax, chore time at the shank of the day. The farm show, Bob and Jill are with you. Back together after uh, Jill spent uh, some time down around, well, around Wisconsin Dells, around that part of the state over the weekend. The Wisconsin Farmers Union Convention, you had a a good day down there. I was busy. I was tied up at a cookie walk, so I couldn't get there. Yeah, you were buying out all the cookies. (laughs) I bought a lot of them, but the Farmers Union Convention was was a good one. It was a very good one. There's a lot of good people there, a lot of excitement, a lot of um, decisions were made, and they really grouped together and do a nice job. All right, and uh, Jill's got a lot of conversations with a lot of people that we will share with you as we go along. Today, we'll talk about some of the issues that they uh, talked about and voted on at their resolution meeting on Sunday. Also, later on this week, we'll finally get the announcements many people have been asking me about. Uh, Where's Farm Technology Day is going to be held in Chippewa County? I said, I don't know. We'll find out, though. We'll find out this uh, Thursday, and uh, they're going to make that announcement on Thursday of uh, where the show will be held. Now, I would assume they, well, I'm assuming, you know what assume uh, means, but uh, the date, too, it will not be a July show. People ask me why. I said, well, because of uh, some conflicts, the fair, and, you know, you got Country Fest and Rock Fest and all kinds of events going on in July. So the uh, police and other organizations in Chippewa County stretched awfully, awfully thin, and uh, Farm Technology Days is not something else they need in July. So uh, the location I know they tell us is going to be announced, whether the date will be uh offered as well. It seems like the date will be also offered, but that will be coming up uh, later on this week on Thursday, and they're going to do it up at Chippewa Valley Electric in Cornell. Now, whether that has anything to do with the date or anything or the location, having it in Cornell, I don't know, but we will wait and see. But that announcement will be coming on Thursday this week. Weather-wise, temperatures remain awfully nice for the middle of December, but I think uh, 
maybe next week that will change. You got any ice on the hinterlands where you live back there at Walkie Land and Cattle Company? <laughs> My driveway is still pretty icy. Is it really? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. <laughs> back, I took her home the other night from a meeting. I thought, oh boy, hope, hope I don't get attacked back in this hinterlands where the Walkie Land and Cattle Company is. It's really not that bad. It is a dead end road, but we're not that far out there. No, but uh, I don't know if they'll find you in a blizzard for about a week. Ah, uh, that's okay. <laughs> so we'll talk about the weather. There is some stuff going to be falling. We'll tell you what. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, temperature is going to remain in the 30s through Thursday, then in the 20s over the weekend. It looks like pretty much every day we've got mixed precipitation and windy today. There's going to be some rain, there's going to be some snow, there's going to be the stuff in between. So be careful, it'll get windy later on and a wintry mix tonight, mixed precipitation tomorrow. 38 today, 33 overnight, uh, tomorrow about 39. More chances of precipitation on Thursday and Friday in the 30s and upper 20s. First time we'll see the sun, probably not till Sunday. Tuesday morning at Wax, it's a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX. So, Claire, here's what's happening. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden is going to host African leaders this week for a three-day summit that kicks off today. 49 African heads of state and the African Union Commission chair will be in Washington for the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said leaders will discuss a range of issues, including trade, investment, and strengthening democracy on the continent. FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried is in custody after being arrested in the Bahamas. Brian Shook reports. In a statement, the country's attorney general said the U.S. had filed unspecified criminal charges against the former crypto billionaire and was likely to request his extradition. The news comes as Bankman Freed was expected to testify before a House committee this week. He's being investigated for his role following FTX's sudden collapse last month. I'm Brian Shook. Senator Joe Manchin says he respects Senator Kirsten Sinema's decision to leave the Democratic Party. The West Virginia Democrat also told reporters he's not considering making the same move at the moment. The Arizona senator announced on Friday that she had registered as an independent four years after being elected as a Democrat. A judge has ruled against Iowa's fetal heartbeat law on a technicality. Trey Thomas explains. The Iowa Supreme Court had blocked the law by issuing a permanent injunction. Governor Kim Reynolds' administration took the issue to court after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Polk County Judge Celine Gogarty has ruled that there's no path to change a permanent injunction. Reynolds issued a statement saying she was very disappointed and plans to appeal. I'm Trey Thomas. And the Sheriff's Department in Uvalde, Texas, where 19 students and two teachers were murdered back in May, did not have a policy on how to handle active shooters. That's one of the conclusions from a newly released independent review. There is now a plan in place. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, weather-wise, if you're traveling on the road, be careful because we're going to have some precipitation today. There's going to be some of this rain. There's going to be sleet. Then there's going to be snow. There's going to be a high of 38, and the winds are going to pick up later on today. Wintery mix overnight down to 33 Wednesday, 39, with uh, more of that mixed precipitation moving through the area. 
36 on Thursday, Friday 28 with more precipitation, snow and sleet and rain mix. So be careful. First time we're going to see the sun looks like uh, maybe a little bit on Sunday, but the high at 23 is it's going to cool off next week. Right now, everybody's uh, in the 30s, 32 in uh, Rice Lake and Wausau and Marshfield, 30 at Medford, Lacrosse 36, Green Bay 34, Madison and Sun Prairie, a tropical 35 this morning, Milwaukee at 38 here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. 34 degrees. Again, we're only going to go up about four more as we uh, look for some stuff to be falling today. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's check the numbers on the markets brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Jill, the cash livestock, please. Choice fed beef steers are 143 to 152 with mixed 108 to 142. Choice fed beef heifers are 144 to 150 with mixed 101 to 142. Choice fed Holstein steers are 128 to 148 with select and silage fed steers 94 to 126. Cows are 60 to 87 with bulls at 70 to 97. Butcher hogs are 55 to 83 with sows at 45 to 49 and a half. Boars are 20 and a half and down. Shorn market lambs are 101 to 127. Feeder lambs are 105 to 240. And taking a look at the livestock futures, live cattle prices were up yesterday. December closed 154.40, up 72. February cattle 156.10, that was up 55. April at 159.90, up 55. And June, 27 cents higher at 156.20. Feeder cattle were mixed mostly higher, but January closed down 27 at 183.65. March feeders, 185.22 up 12. April at 188.65 up a nickel. May was unchanged, 191.92 in August. That was up 20 cents at $201.30 on that contract, over $200. Lean hogs, December 81.95. That was up 37. Then hogs went lower. February 83.70 down 30. April at 90.65 down 35. And May at 96.47. That was down 42. Board of Trade, we had corn and wheat higher yesterday. That Russian attack over the weekend on the Ukrainian port of Odessa causing concerns. Beans were down, though, on rain in Argentina. And overnight, March corn up 2 to 3 cents at 6.56. The oats up a penny at 3.41. March wheat up 7 to 8 at 7.62. And March soybeans up a nickel overnight, 14.70. Meal up $3 at $451.40. Dairy markets not so good yesterday. Barrel cheese down eight at one eighty seven. Blocks down three and a half at two oh six. Butter down another eleven and a quarter cents at two seventy a pound. December class three unchanged at twenty fifty. January down twenty at nineteen oh four. February down sixteen at nineteen twelve. March down thirteen at nineteen thirty seven. And April down fourteen at nineteen fifty eight. And that's the way the markets look. You know, you go to the field days and uh, talk to so many people, and uh, all of a sudden you remember, he didn't get this one on. Well, we got one we're going to put on this morning. We had a field day uh, earlier this summer out in the Menominee area, and I talked to uh, an agronomist from our area, a little girl that's been doing agronomy work for quite a while, and uh, Sammy Brantner works with DeKalb Asgro, and uh, she talks about smart corn. We're going to hear about smart corn coming up here on WAX. And then Amelia Hayden, the Ag Advisor down at uh, Osseo Fairchild. What, you got a grant of 
How much? She got a grant of twenty thousand dollars from CHS. All right, and we're going to hear about that too this morning. We got a busy day. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Research never stops in agriculture, and a good example of that is what's going on with Bayer Ag and DeKalb. Sammy Brantner is with me now, and Sammy is uh, an agronomist in northern Wisconsin for DeKalb. And uh, Sammy, something new that's terminology that's hitting agriculture, smart corn, short corn, what is that? Normally you drive down the road and see short corn and think, that's terrible, but uh, we're actually doing research. What is it? We are doing a lot of research into this. So really what we're looking at um, is creating this corn, so we call it smart corn, um, but targeting it to be five to seven feet tall. And so, you know, this is something we're still doing our research on. We've got a handful of agronomic trials, not quite ready commercially yet, but it's been really fun diving into to see how this can fit into agriculture and into our area in, in the near future. I don't know if you were in the room when uh, the powers that be with Bayer and, and DeKalb said, let's check into smart corn. Let's grow five to seven feet corn when it's almost a badge of honor to have somebody to grow 15 foot tall corn. So uh, how did this come to be and, and why? Well, I'd, I'd like to think it's because I was getting lost in the corn a little too much, and they, and they wanted to find me a little easier. I don't even think five-foot corn we could find you. <laughs> well, very true. Um, but no, there's a lot of different aspects that we're looking at with smart corn. So kind of the tagline we like to, to think about is pay, right? So it gives us um, protection from when we think about a lot of these wind storms because we see a huge improvement when it comes to standability. So when we're talking about how we're shortening this corn, we're actually shortening the inner nodes below that ear. And by doing that, the leaf sheaths are wrapping around um, that stock that many more times and creating this really phenomenal strength that we see um, in the standability when we do have some wind issues come through. Um, the, the A part of our pay aspect on this is going to be accessibility. So now all of a sudden we can uh, maybe get some of those late season fungicides in. It's a little tricky every now and then to get some helicopters and some planes and even some drones to come in and spray fungicides. So this is opening up a lot of doors for us to be able to get in and put those timely applications on when we want. Um, then also something to think about is nitrogen applications too late season. So just opening a lot of doors. And then finally that why is that yield potential? So by being able to feed that crop when we actually need it, what sort of yield advancements could we see on these things? So you know, really this year we've got a couple plots around in the area. And what we're looking at is, you know, the different planting populations, different fungicide timings. What is the best way that we can manage this corn so the growers can get the most out of it when it does come um, into the marketplace? And we look at some of our standard hybrids now and, you know, some of the years are four or five feet high on these stalks. What does this do for, for ear height and ear placement and multiple ear varieties? Yep, so that's an absolutely great question. Because we're shortening shortening those inner nodes below the ear, that's the biggest call-out that we get. But the minimum ear height that we're allowing to come through our breeding program is two feet off of the ground. And again, that's the minimum. As I've been walking my plots, um, I'm, I'm seeing pretty consistently kind of that waist high um, ear height on it. So really not a concern at this point, but really excited from that standability aspect too. As you look at the research uh, that you're doing right now, strictly... For grain corn, what's, you know, you, you got less stock. There's less mass there for silage corn. What kind of things are, are you considering there? Yeah, so I think that when I get the goofiest looks when I talk about smart corn is when I bring up that this could be a potential for us in the silage game. 
and I get the goofy looks like five to seven feet tall silage, I'm used to seeing it above the chopper boxes. But like you said, by reducing um, that stock, we're reducing some lignin. So we're really diving into what is this going to play for us. We're seeing some impressive quality metrics on our preliminary trials and seeing very comparable tonnage um, in, our early, in our early season trials here to our conventional silage corns. As we, we look at uh, the smart corn, the short corn, you know, you look at how many leaves are on a standard uh, standard stock. What does this do for, I guess, the look of the corn and, and uh, what we're so used to? Yeah. So when we're talking about this smart corn, uh, sh- or powered by short corn technology, we are seeing the same number of leaves still as your regular tall plants. And when you see the emergence on it, it's going to look like a regular corn plant until it gets to about that V7, V10 time frame. And then you'll start seeing a differentiation between the, the tall hybrids and, and, the smart, and the smart corn hybrids. And again, that's Sammy Brantner, agronomist in northern Wisconsin with the Cal Asgrove, the smart corn, the short corn that they're working. And we're going to hear more from Sammy about this and other technology that they're looking at. And as far as research is concerned, but it's still, she said, it'll start to be put in when they're satisfied with it out more in the uh, Iowa, Illinois corn belt. Probably not up in our area for oh, two, three years, maybe. So, uh, but uh, keep an eye out for it. Interesting stuff. It's called smart corn or short corn. All right. Farmers Union wrapped up their convention Sunday in the Dells. What'd they talk about? The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, Jill, you were down there for part of the Farmers Union Convention out at Chula Vista over the weekend. On Sunday, they had a resolutions session. What did they talk about? Well, at that session, delegates dealt with four main issues. Preserving small and medium-sized farms, concentration in agriculture, family farms shaping climate change policy, and family farmers shaping water quality policy. Besides those main four main issues, delegates also supported increasing the capacity and number of meat processors in the state, stronger support for the managed growth program based on market demand and price stability in the 2023 Farm Bill, full funding of the Environmental Quality Incentive Program, better known as EQIP, updating the law regarding milk packet p- pickup, Simplifying the state laws regarding on-farm milk processing, increasing the allowable THC content of hemp grown in the state, as well as other ag and rural issues. Those and other issues will be the focus of the Farmers Union Farm and Rural Policy Day on January 18th in Madison. And swinging back to closer to our area, later this week, we'll know more about the Farm Technology Days 2024 in Chippewa County. On Thursday, leaders of the show will make the official announcement about where the show will be held. It's not known if the time will also be uh, shared, (laughs) the dates of the show, which is expected to take place sometime in August. The 2023 show will be held in Baraboo from July 18th through the 20th. All right, so uh, later this week we'll know officially where uh, Farm Technology Days will be at Chip, what kinds of said earlier. Lots of speculation. Uh, a lot of people know where it's going to be, but <laughs> but we'll find out for sure. I don't know if uh, they know or not. I think they know. Nineteen and a half minutes after 5 o'clock, and again, as we said, we're going to hear Jill's conversation with Amelia Hayden, the Osseo Fairchild Ag Teacher and FFA Advisor. She is really busting her down there. she got a lot of money for the program. We're going to hear what it's all about next, right here on WAX. 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. When the labor market is tight, agriculture can turn to education to build that next generation of workforce. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and there are several examples of agribusinesses across the state and nation stepping up to provide to agriculture classrooms. Jill, the most recent news comes from your neck of the woods. A first-year teacher got a pretty significant amount of money. That's right, Stephanie. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn. First-year teacher Amelia Hayden from the Osseo Fairchild School District. I call it, they had kind of a grant season this fall. They secured a smaller grant that came in earlier, but Amelia secured a $20,000 national grant from CHS. She's going to use that grant to revamp the greenhouse at the Osseo Fairchild School and get equipment for her biotechnology classes. Things are really looking up for that Osseo Fairchild FFA chapter. We found out that the Osseo Fairchild Agriculture Department was awarded a $20,000 grant from CHS Incorporated. And that grant was part of a program to celebrate the 75th anniversary of the CHS Foundation and their efforts to support agriculture education programs like mine. So where did you find it and what was the process to get you there? You know, it was definitely well publicized throughout the summer on all of the different channels that might reach agriculture teachers. And, you know, it was something that a lot of the teachers were buzzing about. It's a pretty big grant in terms of awards and financial support for agriculture education programs. So I think a lot of teachers across the state and across the country were really excited to see that grant opportunity come out. So a grant opportunity, but there must have been some paperwork to go behind it. Yes, so the application had a couple essays that you had to write about what you would use the grants for, some budgeting and specific itemized budgets, as well as you had to submit a video of yourself talking about your program and what kind of agriculture education efforts that grant would support. So once you got past the first level, what went on then? After that, they let us know whether we were selected as a finalist or not. So I found out that I was selected as one of the top three finalists in the country uh, at the beginning of November and was able to really get excited about that and already start sharing the word um, across the school district. And then here in December at the CHS annual meeting, they had videos of each of the top finalists teaching in our classrooms and had us give speeches on stage. And at the end of the night, then had the farmer owners of CHS vote on which agriculture program they would want to give the top prize to. So tell me what your grant is going to be used for. So one of the primary goals of the grant is to help fix up the greenhouse at the Osseo Fairchild School District. Right now, it's not really functional during any of the spring or summer months because its ventilation and cooling systems are broken. So we'd really love to update that. And then in addition, uh, when I got to the school district, I started a biotechnology class, which is all about how we can use science and research to improve agriculture. You know, think of your genetically modified crops and making improvements in the food industry and supply chains. So that class is teaching students all about those technical skills. So that class is going to give students the skills to work in an agriculture industry that has more and more technology and innovation happening in it. Now let's back up a little bit. Take a look at that greenhouse. Once you're able to do the updates on it, what are your plans for that? 
One of the things that we haven't really done in the past is plant sales, which are common in a lot of FFA chapters across the state. So we'd love to bring plant sales back to our FFA chapter, be able to work with plants in our horticulture class, which is transcripted through Chippewa Valley Technical College, and give students more of those hands-on learning experiences in the greenhouse. And are you thinking some experiments that go along within the greenhouse? Yeah, and we'll definitely be partnering with different classes such as horticulture and biotechnology to hopefully be able to actually have students create genetic modifications in crops and then be able to test those plants in the greenhouse and see that concrete effect that science has in agriculture. And you already swirled back to the biotechnology on, now you talked about genetically modified. Are you thinking of maybe even being able to plant some crops out and about and check out things? Yes, so that would definitely be a future step for our school district, would be finding a location where we can actually have some test plots and crops going in. So along with filling out the form, doing the video, you spent all day at a booth. Who came to you and what you had to explain there? So throughout the day, the three teachers that were finalists for the grant worked at a booth uh, with the CHS Foundation, just kind of educating the farmers that were there about our projects and what we hope to do with the funds. And it was really fun being there because I had a lot of local Wisconsin folks where people from Alma Center, Blair Taylor, Tomo were coming up and talking to me and being able to really build those connections and see just what a small world agriculture is. So that was a really fun time to also be able to connect with a lot of farmers from the area. How would you encourage another ag teacher to reach out there for some of these grants? You know, applying for grants is one of those things that I've always found so beneficial, especially when you're building a program as a young teacher. And I think a lot of times it can be in- intimidating, right, to, as a first-year teacher, you know, apply for this massive nationwide grant. But I think there's a lot to be said for championing the efforts of your students and thinking about the great kids you have in your program and the doors and opportunities that you can open up for them by applying for these different grants. And so I would encourage other ag teachers not to sell themselves short, think about the different doors that they want to open up for students, and then go for it to be able to really support their students and community to the fullest that they can. My approach to grants and scholarships is it's totally worth the time and effort. It pays you more per hour than you ever really imagine. Is that your take on it? I would definitely agree. And in fact, when I am filling out grants for my agriculture department, it feels a lot like filling out those scholarships for college that I did not too long ago. So it's definitely a lot of the same skills, and I tell my students that as they're filling out applications for FFA, that it'll help them later on for college scholarships and career grants. It's totally a skill worth developing in any individual. And that time is a great investment to the future. Well, there's no one more worth investing in than my students. So what does $20,000 worth of grants do for an agriculture program as an FFA advisor? As a... FFA advisor and teacher, I just, I so clearly see where we're going in the next, you know, 20, 30 years and what Osseo Fairchild Agriculture Education and FFA will look like for a community. And I'll literally talk about it with students. Like today or during class, I literally referenced when I have your guys' kids in class. And so for me, it's really just a opportunity and a support to help us get to that vision and to help us continue impacting the community and growing leaders that are really going to support and invest in the future of agriculture for our community. And again, a real mover and shaker down there. 
Amelia Hayden at Osseo Fairchild. They got a good one when they got Amelia to come in there to be their ag teacher and FFA advisor. And, uh, again, $20,000 grant. Good stuff. 29 minutes after 5 o'clock. And we're going to get some markets from Rocky next on Wax. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 5.30 in the morning on a Tuesday morning. And again, uh, wintry mix today, tonight. A little mixed precipitation tomorrow. Just what Rocky Olson needs to hear over at Premier Livestock. Not the kind of weather you enjoy on the road, is it? No, no. If we're going to get weather, I usually uh, just assume it come in Saturday to Sunday and <laughs> better clear out Sunday night. And get the plow trucks out. You're good to go. Yeah, yeah, we'll let the weather come on the weekends. Right? Yeah, it's not, doesn't look like it's going to happen, but, uh, well, we don't have the markets on the weekend. We got them during the week. So, what do we got going? How are you doing Monday and uh, the rest of this week? What's happening over at Premier? Thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how yesterday's market shaped up. We had a busy day uh, selling over 1,100 head of livestock yesterday. Fed cattle traded steady. Uh, Holstein feds tiers 131 to 143. Uh, selects low choice 120 to 130. Choice beef steers and heifers 132 to 146. Your market cows traded steady. High yielding cows from 73 to 86. Most cows 57 to 72. Uh, the market bulls tick higher. Uh, higher yielding bulls from 83 to 98, lower yielding 82 and down. Organic market cows sold every Monday. Uh, higher yielding cows mostly from 80 to $1.05, lower yielding 79 and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves definitely stronger again yesterday. Most of them Holstein bull calves bringing 100 to $245 per head on the Holsteins. Beef calves, 125 to 375 Holstein heifer calves lightly tested, but mostly 10 to 50 Big dairy cattle auction this week. Uh, we do have uh, three herd dispersals. We've got two good parlor freestall herds. We've got uh, one tie stall herd. Uh, lots of fancy consignments of top fresh cows and springing heifers. Uh, we also have some registered jerseys. we got some registered Swiss. Uh, full list of all these consignments for our dairy sale uh, this Wednesday. It will be at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Check that out for more detailed information. Uh, reminder, next week, uh, Tuesday, we're going to have our special feeder cattle auction. Uh, bread stock cow auction really got some nice cattle lined up for that sale, expecting 800 to 1,000 head. Uh, if you have consignments, very important that you do call us. Let us know what you're bringing for livestock. Uh, questions? Uh, call us at Premier, 715-229-2500. And, Bob, that's the way it's shaped up. Make sure you got good tires, buddy. Yeah, I know it. I know it. So uh, <laughs> we'll see what's actually coming, and uh, we'll uh, we'll go from there. Kind of watch our website for any changes or updates. Ah, sounds like a good thing. Well, Keep her between the ditches. Stay safe. We'll talk to you in the morning. All right. Thanks, Bob. There he goes. That's Rocky over at Premier Livestock and Withy. We'll find out how much weather we're going to get next. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 26 minutes before 6 o'clock already. Let's get over to Skywarn 13. Mike Dandria is with us. And Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Bob. How are you? Good. I saw you outside. You got your stocking cap on. You got your uh, ski jacket on. <laughs> Must be winter. Or at least it looks like it's uh, going to be more wintry here in the next day or two. Yeah, you can say that again because uh, while it is relatively mild to kick us off this morning, those winds will continue to pick up, and that's what's making it feel a little chilly as you head out the door. Otherwise, the first half of today is expected to stay rather quiet, but not so quiet towards uh, the mid-afternoon into the evening. 
that's when we'll start to see a few chances at some showers, some snow, possibly some sleet mixed in with that, and very breezy through the afternoon with gusts nearing the 40-mile-per-hour range. And with our highs mostly into the mid-30s, those temperatures are really going to dictate what type of precipitation we see. And that's going to be the story really over the next couple of days. Again, tonight, not much of a change in our temperatures, still very breezy, more chances for some rain, possibly some snow and sleet mixed in with that. Now, tomorrow we'll start off with a few chances and some showers, but most of that will push a little further towards the north, at least for a little bit. We'll get uh, kind of a lull in the action. Still breezy, though. Winds gusting near 30 to 35 miles per hour. And then going into Wednesday night, we'll see another chance at some drizzle and then possibly some snow and more snow possible for Thursday as well. And that's going to be the case going into Friday and potentially even into Saturday, as this will be a rather prolonged winter weather event. Highs on Friday into the upper 20s and Saturday into the mid-20s. And then we start to tap into much cooler air to kick off next week with highs into the low 20s and even some upper teens. And, uh, yeah, a few days before the holiday, we may even have highs into the single digits. But, as I mentioned, it's a relatively mild start with an overcast sky and a temperature of 34 degrees in Eau Claire. Man, we've had some brutal Decembers. This has been kind of nice temperature-wise. Yeah, it has thus far, and uh, going into the holiday, that's where we're going to start to take the plunge. Well, that's good. Santa's the reindeer won't overheat that way. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, we'll see you later. See you, Bob. There goes Mike Dandrea over there in the weather room at Skywarn 13. Hey, we'll get Morgan in here and get some news next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get into the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is with us this morning. Morning, Morgan. Hey, good morning, Bob. Now, we had that spot on for Hartwood Resort. You and Alex were up there for a lovebird weekend or something, weren't you? Well, we had, uh, let me see, one, two, three, five girls under 12 with us. So not much lovebird (laughs) weekend going on, but a lot of fun for the kiddos. That's a a neat place, isn't it? It is. It's kind of tucked back pretty far, so you get that little bit of the seclusion. But we were up there when the water was, well, let's just say, ready to splash in more Uh so than icy. And so we had a great time. Made some s'mores around the fire, and yeah, they do nice job up there. It's really, yeah, it's really fun. The, they're there for the winter, so uh, get up there and enjoy a winter break here. And they do have, I do believe, some uh, snowmobile activities coming up in January. So if Mother Nature cooperates and you have some people that want to hop on that oh, that'd sled, be a good idea. head up there and take the trails. Yeah, yeah that's kind of sure. nice. You don't have to. Put them up there in a trailer, drive around, and uh, go back and get in a spa. Yeah, that's right. There you you go. get the best of both worlds. You get to thaw out after that, right? That's for sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, what's going on? Well, we're going to keep some headlines pretty close to our area to begin. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We are going to start with an update from the courts, and that includes a prison sentence handed down for a man convicted of killing grandparents in Rusk County in 2020. With some 715 newsroom coverage, John DeMaster lets us know what a judge had to say yesterday. A judge yesterday sentenced 23-year-old Anna Marosolowski to life with the possibility of parole for the murders of his grandparents, Robert and Bonnie Rosolowski. Police say the younger Rosolowski wanted his grandparents' truck. The other suspect in the case, Joseph Falk, is already serving a life sentence for his role in the case. He does not have the possibility of parole. I'm John DeMaster. In Menominee, prosecutors are pushing ahead with terroristic threat charges against a man who they say wanted to burn down the place where he works. The DA filed formal charges yesterday against Garrett Kinsner as police got the call heading into the weekend to come to Phillips Medicize because co-workers said that he asked them to make a Molotov cocktail and threatened to cut up a young woman who he works with and put her in a meat grinder. Kinsner told investigators he was just joking, said he made the threats because he was bored at work.
As we go to the political stage, we're going to look a little bit closer at a back and forth, and that includes some of that uh, marijuana legislation. Will it happen? Will it not happen? Well, it depends on who you talk to. There's a few people on board that want to make that closer to a reality in our state. Madison Democrat Melissa Agard argues the support is there, but on the other side, they say prospects are dim for legalized cannabis in Wisconsin, according to Senate President Chris Kapanga of Delafield. At the end of the day, the majority party has to be able to carry out their business. And I don't think that the legalization of marijuana has the support right now to to get through the legislature. Though across the aisle with Senator Melissa Agard, she said the support is there even among some Republicans. They want uh, 100% support from everyone in their caucus before they bring this policy forward. But I know that if individually we were able able to bring this to the floor, uh, it would pass. Agard and Kapanga on WQOW's Capital City Sunday there as Wisconsin is becoming isolated with regard to cannabis. Michigan and Illinois both allow recreational use. Minnesota and Iowa allow medicinal use. And Minnesota has also decriminalized possession of small amounts of pot. Well, we soar across the state to Milwaukee County. The DNR there looking into who shot a bald eagle. Animal rescuers say they found the bird with a wounded wing in Franklin. It's clear the bird was shot, and of course it's illegal to do that to eagles. Animal rescuers yesterday said the bird's condition is being watched closely, and if it recovers, will likely need a surgery to fly again. And if you're thinking about sitting back at AmFam Field, having a cold one and watching the game, there's a local connection. The restaurant finally has a name. The Brewers yesterday unveiled saying their ballpark restaurant will be known as the J. Leinenkugel's Barrel Yard at American Family Field. The redesigned barrel yard should hopefully be ready by opening day and will feature on-site brewed beer. And, of course, with a name like that, you can bet that there will be a honey vice to be raised, right? From our local 715newsroom.com, we send you back to the barn with Bob Jones. In the Midwest Farm Show on Wax, 104.5. Then maybe a Leinen Kugel sighting down there from the Leinen Kugel family down there. I think it wouldn't be the worst place to find one of them uh, hanging out for the afternoon, right? Boy, I guess not. Yeah. I guess not. You know, they ought to legalize marijuana and give it to legislators free. Well, I Maybe they'd you. get something done down there. It's proof positive that once it's legalized, uh, it brings in a lot of green. That's for sure. Oh, yes, Looking around does. the country, there's a lot yeah. of money that follows that paper trail. Yeah, Colorado started it, and uh, obviously what they've done has worked. Yeah, it seems to be if you're, whether you if like you're crunching stuff, numbers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, whether you like that stuff or use it or whatever the I'll case stick with be. my lineys, I think. That's, <laughs> that's where idea. I'm going to stay, right? Cheers. Next idea. one's on me, Bob. Okay, thanks, Morgan. <laughs> Anytime. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom, and we've got uh, calendar markets. We're not done yet. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hey, it's about 16 minutes before 6 o'clock. Things going on. We've got news. Joe, what else is happening? Wisconsin U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin is one of the congressional leaders asking Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack to authorize emergency financial help for organic dairy and poultry producers. In a letter sent to the secretary yesterday, Baldwin and other elected officials cited the high cost of organic feeds, the lack of a stable supply of those same feeds, and drought in many growing areas as serious threats to the organic industry. Also on Monday, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack announced the that the Biden administration is putting even more money towards its Partnerships for Climate Smart Commodities programs. This time, it's another $325 million that will go for 71 projects in a second round of funding. 
That brings the total amount earmarked for those projects to $3.1 billion to fund 141 selected projects. Some of those projects are receiving funds of over $75 million. And all kinds of organizations, private, public, uh, are involved. And I saw a few of those that were over $90 million as far as funding for those Climate Smart projects. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 34 degrees and a wintry mix coming our way today. So uh, depending on where you are, keep an eye on it. No telling where the line is going to be for rain, sleet, snow, and windy as the day goes along as well. It's probably going to be with us until sometime tomorrow. Temperature is going to be in the upper 30s, though, both today and tomorrow. So just be prepared. Jill, some things going on. What's the calendar look like? Well, if you've got grain in your bins and you're looking to learn more about marketing it, today there's a meeting in Melrose. Registration starts at 1030 and with the meeting starting at 11 o'clock. There's a noon lunch and then the meeting resumes at 1 o'clock. And that's at the Melrose American Legion in Melrose. There's also nutrient management workshops. The second one is tomorrow on December 14th, 1 to 4 p.m. That's at the Eau Claire County Land and Conservation Division in Altoona is where that one is held. And as a reminder, you don't need to go to all the nutrient management workshops. You go to one and they set you up. Discovery Farms is having their conference um, tomorrow in Wisconsin Dells. I don't know a lot about that, but I'm betting they go through a lot of the discussions and make up their minds on the directions they want to be heading. There's also a 2022 Badger Crops and Soils update meeting on Thursday, December 15th from 9 till 3 p.m. at the Radisson Hotel in La Crosse. And as announced before, on Thursday we'll be finding out more about the 2024 Chippewa County Wisconsin Farm Technology Day's location announcement. All right, and that'll be uh, later on on Thursday afternoon, 11 before 6 o'clock, 34 degrees, 38 the high today, and stuff is going to be falling out of the sky, so be careful. We'll get to markets next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Also on the calendar that I'm not too excited about, Jill just reminded me, looked at my calendar, I got to go to the dentist today. You do have to go to the dentist. Uh, I should be able to just take my teeth and leave them, have them work them on, and go pick them up later. But unfortunately, <laughs> they're still connected. <laughs> nah, I don't think that's a good plan. Uh, probably not. Well, let's go to markets. Where are we going? We're going to head on down to Sparta Equity and hear from Hut Eman. Fed cattle selling steady today with the high yielding choice beef steers and heifers 151 to 160. The choice and select beef steers and heifers 140 to 150. The dairy cross steers 130 to 145. The high yielding choice Holstein steers 134 to 141. The choice and select Holstein steers 123 to 133. With the unfinished steers, heifers and heavy steers 122 and down. Cow market steady today with the high yielding cow is 68 to 78 with a top of 81. The cutters and utilities 52 to 67 with the low yielding and canner cows 51 and down. Organic market today with results from the December 12th sale with most organic cows bringing 93 to 108 with a top of 111. The thin and small organic cow is 72 to 92 with the organic steers and heifers 115 to 125. Bull market steady with most bulls bringing 76 to 91 with a top of 92.50 with a thin full bulls or a ton discounted at 75 and down. 
Chaos today sold by the pound with a steady market with 80% of the whole symbol. Chaos bringing from 80 to 160. The quality heifer calves 30 cents to a dollar. The quality beef calves 210 to 360. With the light and poor quality calves 10 to 60 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Wednesday, December 14th, starting at 10 a.m. with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hot Aim to Equity Lives in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Let's get to more markets as we head over to the Equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. How you doing? Well, Bob, and good morning to you. I know we're, we've got all got stuff to do, but uh, wouldn't be a real bad day to just hop on a plane and like, go to someplace like Hawaii today, would it? <laughs> it would be a good idea. I mean, the next few days it's going to be, you don't know what's going to be coming down, so be careful out there. Not real cold, but... Rain, sleet, snow, it's all in the forecast, and wind as well. That doesn't help either. Well, let's get started. It's Tuesday already. How did yesterday go over there at Stratford? Bob, thank you, and we'll tell the folks about that. Good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Monday, here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the cow market. These are conventional cows. Uh, we'll sell those organics today. On the high-yielding, uh, freshly Holstein cows yesterday, selling from 68 up to 80. Most of the cows yesterday selling between uh, 52 and 67. Thinner cows, white carcass cows, below the $50 money. Bull trade, your better quality bulls from 82 up to 95. Lighter weight bulls below 80. Uh, calf market yesterday, uh, good quality Holstein bull calves, a uh, strong trend again. Monday is the, usually the better day to be selling these bull calves. And yesterday, no exception, 9,230 pound holding bull calves in yesterday's sale. Uh, from 85 up to a top of 195. Heifer calves yesterday, 30 to 80. Your good quality beef calves, 175 to 365. And uh, we'll have an update on fed cattle uh, after tomorrow's auction, and we'll see what transpires with the weather on that. But anyway, we are at Tuesday, but we'd we'll definitely be operating okay today. Uh, road should be good this morning, so you folks uh, get on the road early uh, so you get your chores done. We do start at 10 o'clock, hand bedded auction today here in Stratford. 11 o'clock will be the market market sale. Like I said, we do sell organic market cows here every Tuesday, along with the conventional market cows to follow the organics. Our next dairy sale will be one week from today. We've got a very nice consignment of cows for that sale. You folks can uh, check that out on the website. These are going to be uh, organic cows, but they got nice components, and the uh, uh, the owner is just overstocked. So a good opportunity to buy some good quality organic cows, whether you're in that business or the conventional business. Those will be next to the here in Stratford, and feeder catalog are on schedule so far. Uh, we've got a nice lineup of feeder cattle for that sale. So... Like I said, the road should be good this morning. Uh, get the livestock in, we'll get them gone. And uh, I guess the best thing to do for tomorrow is uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens and uh, uh, maybe give the market a call later on today and see what the plans are as far as the roads are going to be. So that's the best we can do. So I guess that's uh, all we have this morning, Bob. But like I said, it's kind of a big question mark for tomorrow. It depends on how much rain we get. Um, why doesn't it just snow like it used to? <laughs> I know it. I know it. Climate change, Jerry. Climate change. You have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. Jerry Fitzgerald over at Equity of Stratford. And our market's brought to you by Synergy Co-op at uh, the uh, location. Make sure you get up there to Ridgeland. Board of Trade overnight was higher. March corn up 2 to 3 cents, 656. The oats up a penny at 341. March wheat up 7 to 8 at 762. Soybeans up a nickel for March at 1470. Meal up $3 a ton at 451.40. Country elevator prices today. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls location, corn's at 598 with soybeans at 1404. At the Connorsville location, corn's at 598 with soybeans at 1394. On the DTN screen, corn at Baldwin, 612, soybeans 1394, down at Duran, 603 and 1388. 
over in Mondovi, 614 on the corn, 1393 on the beans. Elmwood has the corn at 612, the beans 1398 at Fall Creek, 594 and 1373. Osseo, 617 on the corn, 1398 on the beans out at Elk Mound. Corn cash is at 604 today, the beans 1396. Sparta is 590 on the corn, 1375 on the beans. And over at the River in Ellsworth, 582 on the corn, 1344 on the beans. Ethanol plants. Boysville corn today, 623 at Stanley in the Richmond, 611. Barrel cheese traded eight cents lower, 187 a pound yesterday. Blocks down three and a half to 206, and the butter down 11 and a quarter at 270. December class three unchanged, 2050. January down 20 at 1904. February down 16 at 1912. March down 13 at 1937, and April down 14 at 1958 as prices were lower through next fall again. Wintery mix the next day or two with some wind, so be careful. We'll get a high about 38. We're not far from it right now. We're at 34. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.